Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast, where we bring Sunday home. Join us as we dive deeper into First Baptist's weekly sermons, discuss practical applications, and answer your questions. Hello and welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast. I'm Jordan Upton, and with me as always is Pastor Jeff Reynolds. Jeff, how are you and where are you? Man, I'm doing really well. So right now I am in the Christian quarter of the old city of Jerusalem, sitting on some steps, literally about 50 feet away from the structure that is known as the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. And that is the traditional site uh, of the crucifixion and burial and resurrection of Jesus. And uh, as you might imagine, within the old city of Jerusalem, it is a pretty popular site. Um, we went in two days ago, and it's, it's really pretty remarkable. So one of the things, that, particularly within the old city of Jerusalem, which is a walled structure, um, a lot of the sites that have been deemed to be holy sites um, have had churches built on top of them. And so I think that's a little unfortunate, but, uh, but that is what it is. And so it, it's really something. So right before we started, I, I walked into the side of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, and they have right near the door that I went in um, the stone that is believed to be the stone upon which they laid the body of Jesus after they took him down from the cross. And uh, they were actually doing... Um, a Roman Catholic service there at that stone, and there was chanting, and um, it's just phenomenal. It, it, it's unbelievable to be in this place. Of course, the vast majority of the locations that they discuss of where things happened, um, they have a they have a pretty good idea, but some of it's tradition. Um, for example, there is um, some conflict over where Jesus was crucified and buried. Um, if you go according to the biblical witness and what the old city of Jerusalem would have looked like in the, in the time of Jesus in the first century, uh, there was only two walls, the second wall. There's now a third wall that ex- extends and encapsulates a whole lot more of the city. Um, but it makes sense to, to, to think that Jesus followed the Via Dolorosa that they marked out. Um, there's a certain gate, an unnamed gate, that is known as the condemnation gate that he would have gone out of. Uh, there was a quarry uh, and a rock that was shaped like a skull, and that makes a lot of sense that that would be where uh, Jesus would have been crucified, the, 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 the place of the skull. And so um, Constantine's mom came here in the 300s, and... Um, and was instrumental in compelling her son to have several churches built. And um, it's just phenomenal. So there's there's about, I think, 80% agreement, according to the guide that we've had among Christian denominations, that the Church of the Holy Sepulchre is very, very likely the place where Jesus was crucified, uh, where he was taken down from the cross, where he was buried, and where from the grave. That's where I am. And uh, this is actually our last full day. We, we leave tomorrow. So um, our Israel-only group is just here. The Egypt group left this afternoon to fly to Egypt. And so our Israel-only group is down I'm here. And we're trying to soak up as much of the old city as we can, soak up as much of 
of what's going on as we can. Tomorrow, um, several of us are going to go to the Temple Mount, and we're going to go to the City of David, which, you know, many of us think, well, Bethlehem is the City of David, and it is. But within Jerusalem, there's a, a finger extending down from the Temple Mount that is known as the City of David. And so we will go and check that out tomorrow. I've got a pretty boisterous, uh, pretty boisterous tour group getting ready to come by. So if you hear some noise, that's what that is. But man, I'm doing well, doing very well. Jordan, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, it's really good to hear the sounds of Jerusalem behind you and to see what's all going on behind you in your Zoom feed. Uh, it, it was incredible to see the Holy Sepulchre that you were just showing us because I have, you know, heard teachings about it and, you know, the, the arguments about if it is or is not the, the actual place. Um, and then I've heard, uh, I actually, I've been doing a project that I was telling you about this very week about making artistic renderings of the Holy Sepulchre. So it's fresh on my mind. So you popping up on my Zoom feed with the Holy <laughs> Sepulchre behind you was just an incredible moment of, you know, God connecting all of these things together. So I'm, I'm ecstatic. <laughs> Well, Jordan, I got to be honest with you, man, um, just because of your faith and because of uh, you and I can geek out together over over some of the same things, we're, we're going to have to figure out a way to get you over here. And I'll say this, um, for those of you who are listeners to our podcast, many of the people who are on this trip are listeners to our podcast. And that's been really cool because it's given me an opportunity to interact with some folks about the podcast. Um but this is not the last time we're coming. And I just want to kind of prime the pump. If you are interested in coming to the Holy Land um, with me, um, I want you to start praying about it now. And, and I'll tell you why. Um, yes, it's a trip. You know, obviously, it's cost all to get here and stay here and eat here and all those sorts of things. But I'm going to tell you something. It's is one of the most eye-opening, paradigm-shifting, faith-enriching experiences I've ever had in my entire life. Um, to actually be in the places where things happened and to, to put your eyes on them and say, oh, I never thought of it that way, um, is, is crazy. And so I just want to encourage any of our listeners, I want you to, to be, and it may not be with me, it may not, you know, but, but, um, if, if you feel like the Lord might be leading you to consider coming on a trip like this with me at some point, um, start praying about it, and, uh, and I'll, I'll do some more talking about it in days to come. And we can't wait to hear what you have to share about uh, this trip to Israel. Uh, w I might as well ask, since we're on the subject, what should people look for in a tour to Israel? So you're, you're talking about going here, uh, God willing, in a couple of years. Um, what what should people look for like as far as destinations or maybe uh, even in what they should look for in a tour group or the tour guide? Yeah. So you got to get a good guide. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. This is not the sort of trip where unless you've lived here and, and you've done life over here and you're very familiar or you have friend or family who's done that, um, you got to get a guide because the guide will, enrich your experience in every way we ended up with a guy listen to this i mean he's unbelievable zaev is his name zaev is 75 years old he's the exact same age as the state of israel wow okay? um yeah 
but I never would have guessed it until he told us. Um, so Eb's parents, I mean, this, this, I don't even know if I'm going to talk about it. So Eb's parents um, met right after World War II. And I'm going to tell you why they met right after World War II. Because his father had a wife and children, and his mother had a husband and a child. His father's wife and children and his mother's husband's child were killed at Auschwitz. And so part of what the Jewish people who survived the Holocaust sought to do was to get married quickly and have babies. And so many Jewish people were killed. Um, we went to the Holocaust Museum today, so it's remarkably fresh on my mind. But you know, we're talking about six million Jewish people who were murdered. Um, and so they they wanted to to have babies um, immediately. And Zev is one of those babies. And so his mother and father went through unspeakable horrors, found each other, got married, and had Zev. And Zev has served in the military here. Uh, he worked in the Ministry of Defense for a quarter century. Um, and and when he came to the point of retirement, um, he had taken up giving people tours around the city just as a hobby. He enjoyed it. Uh, but he said, ah, I'll do it. This will be my retirement gig. And he is so incredibly smart. So, I mean, we, we've gone all over Israel. We haven't gone from Dan to Beersheba. We haven't made it to Beersheba, but we have gone from Dan uh, to Jericho and the Dead Sea and uh, Masada and I mean, he is just a fountain of knowledge. Um, he knows this place. So what I would recommend is find an agent, travel agent of some sort who can help you plan this trip uh, or get with a group that you trust. And so the way we've did it, we, the way we've done it um, is the travel agent that I worked with. Uh, I've known her for two decades. She has sent me out of the country uh, now to multiple continents and I trust her. And so we have worked to get to plan this trip, and um, it's just gone very well. Uh, it's also nice to be able to have somebody when you're in country who can help you deal with any any things that that you might um, that might prop up because you're traveling. I mean, right now I'm 6,300 miles away from home. Now, by the time this podcast airs, I will, Lord willing, be much closer to home, uh, but. Yeah, I, I would find a pastor that you trust and a travel agent that you trust and 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 let them do the legwork of finding you a guide that you trust. Bonus is we've had a great bus driver. <laughs> and, and that may sound crazy, but when you're in Jerusalem, um, there's a lot of people here and you want somebody. I mean, this guy can parallel park a bus in a space that I'm not sure I could parallel park my truck in. So um those are all important things. And, and, and so let me tell you why in the overarching scheme. When you come here, number one, it is spiritually overwhelming. Okay. Now you think about safety. I mean, I've, I've felt safe from the moment we got here. I'll tell you a funny story, though. So when I was in Tiberias, um, while we've been here, they celebrated their Memorial Day and they celebrated their Independence Day. And so 25th birthday of the country, you know, um, and Memorial Day, though, 
they sounded the nationwide alarm. And for two minutes, we stood in silence in honor of the slain, those who had fallen uh, in, in fighting for the state of Israel. Um, and that was amazing. But they, as you might imagine, have state like entire countrywide outdoor alarms similar to our cows you know weather warning system um in bowling green well their their alarm system is not for weather okay it's not for thunderstorms it's for rockets and i was walking alongside the sea of galilee in tiberias and all of a sudden at nine o'clock at night that alarm went off and all of a sudden, <laughs> I felt very alone. And like, you know, I'm going to get back to the hotel. So my run became a bit of a, or my walk became a bit of a run. But I mean, it was fine. It was just, they were, they were celebrating Memorial Day. But I'm going to tell you, I have been walking, or I've walked around the city of Jerusalem every single night that we've been here. And uh, some, most of the time by myself. Um, and I've never felt more safe in a place. Like I feel more safe walking around in downtown Jerusalem than sometimes I have even in, even in Bowling Green, Kentucky. I mean, it's just amazing. So um, that's an important part of it too that I want people to hear. Man, I've just I've never felt more safe in a big city. And uh, there's so many people here from so many different places. You know, the Bible says that that in heaven we will see representatives of every tribe and every tongue and every nation. And what you have here at Jerusalem, and as I'm sitting on the steps outside of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, is people, followers of Jesus from every tribe and every tongue and every nation who are walking by me right now. And uh, it's a beautiful picture of what heaven's going to be. I mean, you know, we, we don't speak the same language. We don't have the same culture. But these are my brothers and sisters in Christ. And these are your brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're going to be together forever. And I don't know if in heaven God will give us one master language or if we'll all speak our own languages, but yet be able to understand each other. I don't know what it's going to be, but I can tell you looking around here, it's going to be beautiful. And um, so I I'm sorry, I'm kind of chasing rabbits um, because this is just such an amazing place and such an amazing opportunity to get to be talking to you guys from, from right, right here. Yeah, thanks for sharing all of that, Jeff. That's all really good advice to take into account. I I probably should have warned you about the alarm system. I I was aware of that, but I didn't put it together. You would be there during that time. I, I probably could have saved you a little uh, a little concern over that. But uh, uh, next time, hopefully. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my bad. <laughs> my bad. Yeah. Uh, that's all right. That's all right. You know. So <laughs> well, what let me tell you what's crazy. Well, here's what's crazy. Hold on, I'll tell you. We we went when you go to Dan, you get to a point near the temple that Jeroboam had built, that that false temple, because he didn't want people going to Judea. He didn't want people going um to to Jerusalem because it was in Judah and he was the king of the northern kingdom. Yeah. And so he um, put up false temples, one of which was at Dan, uh, which is in the north. And there are still the ruins there of that false temple. I mean, it's crazy. Um, they've got uh, an, an, an aluminum replica just the size of the altar, and it's huge. Um, and our group sat on the steps of that altar, and I taught them from the steps of that altar. But then just beyond that, 
you go to a lookout point and and you're looking at the Lebanese border. I mean, you're you're looking at Hezbollah from a distance, and you know they're looking at you too. And so that's crazy. But then later in the day, we went to the Syrian border and we looked at the Syrian border. And that is very interesting. And so, you know, you, you get a sense of Israel had to fight to stay alive uh, ever since 1948. And obviously, uh, God's people have been here since long before that time. But um, you get a sense of what a struggle it can be. I mean, there's, there's, um, there's a street that we've driven down multiple times that used to be the border with Jordan. And there are buildings on either side that were, that were places from which people would shoot at each other. Um, and if literally, if you're on the right side of the street, you're in what used to be Jordan. And if you're on the left side of the street, you're in what used to be Israel. And so it's like, Oh, Hey, this is, this is different. So, you know, it's just, uh, well, the point I was making was, you know, we have gone to places where we've been able to look across and see enemies that you hear about on the news. We've been able to see um, the border with Lebanon and where Hezbollah still watching. Um, we've been able to see the border with Syria and to go by fields you can't go in because there are still mines there. Uh, there's a road that's just down the middle of Jerusalem that used to be the border they fought with each uh, across the middle of the road and uh, there are buildings where there are marks from bullets the people of Israel have had to endure just to have their nation it's it's just very interesting it is Israeli or modern Israeli history is fascinating I, I've just read a book about a, a gentleman who lived through the war for independence and he described just what you're talking about just darting in and out of buildings to avoid <laughs> Uh, gunfire uh, and just the bravery of the uh, men and women who were there to make the state of Israel and and raise families there and have a future for the Jewish people in the Jewish state on the land that was given to them. I think it's really helpful for us who believe in Jesus to look to the state of Israel, not just as an analogy or a a parable. It's not that. It's more than that. But just seeing the bravery of the people who are there and that they do it is a safe place by and large most of the time, like you're saying. Um, but it does take tenacity and toughness to be there and exist and live out uh, the mission that they're living out there. Uh, and I think you know we as believers in Jesus uh, can take yes. that as a an object lesson for how we need to live. You know, it's it's easy it's easy to just blend into the world here, especially in America where we're not persecuted in any way. Uh, but really, we are supposed to be different, and you know, yeah. that's why that's why Jesus talks about being a city on a hill. The reason he talks about the city on the hill is because Jerusalem is a city on the hill. It's what everyone looks to, even till today. And you know, we're supposed to be like that, and that we're supposed to be uh, part of the light of the world. Yeah. Uh, well, and let me just tell you again another thing that you don't get until you come here. So Jerusalem is absolutely a city on a hill. And so the first place we came into the city, first of all, we came down from Galilee in the north. We came down and entered Jerusalem. Um, And the first place we went 
was the Mount of Olives. And Mount of Olives is to the east of the old city and to the east of the Temple Mount. And you get an iconic view of the eastern wall of the city and the Dome of the Rock on top of the Temple Mount. Um, but on the very first day, we went and we looked across the Kitchener Valley to the Temple Mount that Herod had built, and it is breathtaking. But you you understand that the Kitchener Valley, it is a deep valley. So the, as we kind of looked at that view, we followed the path that Jesus followed on Palm Sunday. And I mean, I'm talking about it was a steep downhill. Uh, the hills are, are pretty extreme here. I mean, you go you go down and you go up. But then here's what's interesting. Yesterday, we went from Jerusalem to the Dead Sea. We went down to Masad, um, which is right at the Dead Sea. We went to Qumran, which is right at the Dead Sea. We actually floated in the Dead Sea, which is another discussion. It's incredible. <laughs> um, but we went from Jerusalem, which is 2,500 feet above sea level, to the Dead Sea, which is about 1,600 feet below sea level. It was for our next 200 feet sea level. I can't, I, I can't remember, and I've got 2,000 feet standing next to me right now. Um, but literally, we dropped about 4,000 feet in elevation. So when, when they talked about going up to Jerusalem, whether you're talking about coming from another point in the city or you're talking about coming up from Bethlehem or coming up from Jericho or coming up from Beersheba, you're going up to Jerusalem. So all those Psalms of ascent, literally, they're ascending to Jerusalem. And uh, that's just that's another thing that that becomes crystal clear to you when you come here to the land. That's so beautiful. Uh, God willing, we'll we'll all get to go on a trip uh, uh, next time with you, or or on our own time, and we'll all get to see Jerusalem. Well, Jordan, I'm going to tell you, um, you know, at the end of the Passover Seder, and you've led us in our Passover Seders at uh, at First Baptist Church. You know, how does it end? Next year in Jerusalem. Next year in Jerusalem. And uh, it just it just gave me goosebumps. Because I'm sitting in Jerusalem now, not on Passover, but uh, very close to Passover. And um, man, yeah, I, I want every believer to have this opportunity because it is it is life changing, paradigm shifting, and it brings the Bible to life in three dimensions and in living color. I will never preach. I'll never preach the same again. I mean, I've now seen Mount Nebo where God sent Moses to go look across to the proper, prop, uh, the promised land. And then he died and they buried him. Uh, or, you know, we don't know where he's buried. God buried him. But, um, I mean, just, it is, it is absolutely life-changing. And I would recommend that every follower of Jesus, at some point, sooner rather than later, um, because of the great benefits of it, um, make a trip. 6,300 miles away from Bowling Green, Kentucky to, uh, to Jerusalem. From one hilltop to another hilltop, right? That's right. And we see people from Bowling Green while we were here. So that's pretty neat. They're, they're, uh, 
Bear Hill's a little bit more extreme, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Again, Jeff, thank you for all the insights that you're already sharing with us, and we're really looking forward to your sermons when you return and, Lord willing, start talking about what you've learned in Israel. Listeners, uh, if you missed it, this yeah. weekend... David talked about uh, a life prepared for storms, where he talked a lot about the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, be sure to catch that. I've got the link to it in the show notes, so be sure you listen to that. And we need to remind you to pick a new prayer partner for our Prayer Partners Initiative. So Jeff and I are going to catch up here uh, off the podcast, and then next week we'll have new partners. So be sure that you pick a new partner, and then you pray daily for them, and then you connect weekly with them with prayer requests uh, and such. So that takes us into okay. today's listener question. Listeners, if you do have a question, just go to the link in the show notes or comment on the post below. Jeff, if you were discipling someone new to the Bible, where would you have him or her start reading? Book of John. Every single time I start with the Gospel of John, I'm going to tell you why. Um, John is is pretty easy to read. Um, a lot of narratives, a lot of longer narratives. And so um, you're going to get some foundational stuff. You're going to get some solid theology about who Jesus is right off the bat. Uh, the prologue of John is my absolute favorite passages in the whole Bible. Um, but then you're going to start to get the calling of the disciples. You're going to see his first miracle, the, uh, the wedding in Cana of Galilee, where he turned water into wine. Uh, you're going to see him interact with Nicodemus. You're going to see the the interaction with the Samaritan woman at the well. You're going to see the interaction at the pool of Bethesda with um, with the man who had been an invalid 38 years. Um, there's just so much rich content. Not that there's not rich con content in the others, but I think the book of John gives a lot of narrative um, storytelling about who Jesus is and what Jesus did. So I always start folks at the book of John. Um, and then once they read the book, John, we go back and catch all, all the Gospels, the that they are in canon, and then we read John again. And so I think having that firm foundation in the Gospels um, is so vitally important. Now, I'll tell you, I then have people read the rest of the New Testament, and then once they've read the rest of the New Testament, I go back and, and start with Jordan, I think you uniquely understand, you can't hope to fully understand the New Testament until you have some sort of grasp of the Old Testament. However, uh, coming as we do from a Christian perspective, looking to Jesus, you know, getting an idea, being oriented to what it means to trust and follow Jesus Christ, and then going back to seeing all the wonderful things that God did in preparation for the coming of Messiah, um, it's just a beautiful thing. So that's usually the pattern that I follow. Start with the Gospel of John, then go back, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John again, finish out the New Testament, and then go back and read the Old Testament. That's that's the pattern that I go with. And as I was thinking about this question, I thought that it would be good, if you were discipling someone, for you to be reading it as well and be available to answer questions, right? I mean, it seems like that's, like, no matter where you start, that's, the, like, the optimal way to do it. So if you start in John, if you're going by chapter by chapter— you know, the obvious things are obvious, but then the more difficult things, you can be right there to help fill in the gaps. Absolutely. And I would say this, whether you are discipling someone or you are being discipled, I'll say this, my absolute 
favorite resource, whether you are discipling someone or you are being discipled, is the ESV Study Bible. Now, there are plenty of study Bibles. Life Application Study Bibles, great. Um, there are plenty of other good ones. But you got to understand that when you get a study Bible, you are getting someone's interpretation of each of the passages. So, I'm sorry, there's a guy dressed up like Jesus who's walking by me barefoot right now. That's it's crazy. Um, so, when you get a study Bible, you're getting someone's interpretation. So, you want to trust the people who, who created the study Bible. But what it'll do is with each verse, each little passage, down below, you will have an, an explanation so that you can see, okay, well, I don't understand that. Well, right there built in is something you can read that will help you understand. My favorite is the ESV study Bible. I have purchased more ESV study Bibles for people over the years. Um, they, you can get them in paperback. You can get them in electronic form. I've got it on my phone, um, but it is a phenomenal resource. So yes, that's a, that's a great way to help somebody really get into the word. Now, I know you can hear these people. Yeah, just the sounds of Jerusalem. I'm loving it. Sounds of Jerusalem, man. Yeah. So, listeners, we'll have a link there in the description where you can find an ESV study, study Bible if you want to study that further. Jeff, from the holiest place on earth, can you pray us out? Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we love you. And we have come, uh, me in the flesh and our listeners, by way of tuning into this podcast, uh, we have come to the city that shall bear your name and Lord, where you are worshiped. And we pray that you would help us to be worshipers of you in spirit and in truth, wherever we are. Father, you have been faithful. I was reading just earlier this week in second Samuel seven, that you made a covenant with the house of David and just a few minutes ago, I was walking down King David Street in Jerusalem, very near David's city. Went to the Tower of David today. And God, we know David was a man after your own heart, but he was not perfect. But Lord, he trusted you. And we're so thankful that you are always faithful to your promises. And so, Lord, help us to live our lives faithfully, trusting you and following you every step of the way. Lord, being this close to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, we cannot help but to say thank you yet again for the cross and the resurrection and for the eternal hope that is ours in Jesus Christ, who lives today. We ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to our channel. To submit a question about Sunday's sermon, the Bible, or walking with Jesus, click the link in the episode description. Our hosts today are Pastor Jeff Reynolds and myself, Jordan Upton. Our engineer is Elliot Beckley, and our editor is Chad Walden.